All right, welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm Nina. I'm Letha. And today we are covering Karate Kid Part 3. A thing that we have promised to cover for a very long time, for like how, a year. Well, how long has it been since Karate Kid 2? It's been a while, Nina. It's true. We were younger then. The uh, pandemic had just started. That's right. We uh, recorded it remotely. Uh, in the by that I mean we were in different apartments and we recorded it uh, via a sophisticated podcast app. But now we're now, in a pod together. goddammit. it! Yeah, we're on a pod together, so we could maintain our podcast together, and we're in the same room. We did this entirely for the podcast. Yeah, it's not like I want to see you or anything. I know, gross. But well, we knew that we needed to do this together because now some that things it's here, that must be done. In person. I mean, what a journey! It really has been, and whew. I mean, are you getting warm? A little hot under the collar? So is that because of a watching this movie with Nina meant that I had to like listen to her thirst over That's the villain true. Terry Silver for like eighty villain, minutes straight. Maybe. I mean, he is very morally gray, right? Very <laughs> complex as a character. It's true. But to, to back up, when we did Karate Kid two, uh, listeners, if you actually uh, listen to that episode, you'll know that we hate that movie. Yeah, and you know, uh, we'll, we'll do a full kind of we we. Tried to be more on social media in the last few months, which is to say we post slightly more than never. Um, but I think the one thing we, in, in that time, we've uh, even guested on another Karate Kid podcast, um, Karate Kid Minute. And I think one thing that's interesting is like the, the opinions about Karate Kid 2 are just like utterly bananas. <laughs> like, right. Utterly opposed to what we, we feel like. Like, the, uh, the hosts of Karate Kid Minute were actually just like, that movie and Karate Kid 1, they, like, they go together. It's just one continuing story. How can you like one and not the other? And to me, Karate Kid 2 is like, what is this garbage? Why yeah. are they, wh- why did they take, like... It will be the, like, enduring mystery of our time. Right? Is, like, what are we, what are we missing, Letha? I know. <laughs> we acknowledge that the parts that I like about that movie, or that I remember, really, is the zip line. Right, of course. I mean, entering on a zip line is the greatest thing any the villain can do. The climate fluctuations. I mean, yeah. The, the, what the I hurricane. learned about maintaining a store in a in a town with no people. Yeah. That's tough. Like, little mysteries were solved in that way. But, like, other than that, it, it was like, why would you take Karate Kid out of its original context and make it, like, a strange story about, like, ancient Japanese feuds that doesn't, it doesn't quite work? This is kind of a return to form, though. Yeah, it's, is, it's clear that we had all this, like, residual, like, Karate Kid 2 thoughts. We don't want to spend the rest of this podcast shitting on that movie. Um, if Just you want to hear about it. that, go back and listen to <laughs> right. when we did it. But this movie, I have to say, um, it's not just going to be unfiltered joy at Terry Silver, the man, the myth, the legend. But we get introduced to all these new characters. Snake. Oh, Dennis. Yeah. Snake. Mike um, Barnes, the bad boy of karate. But let's back it all the way up. Yeah. We, we begin the movie with sort of an extended flashback scene of Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 2. This is a movie that knows it's a sequel, and it's just like, all right, guys, picture it. Um, here we've got, like, uh, Daniel LaRusso winning the tournament, evil sensei Kreese telling his, his pupil to, like, uh, sweep the leg, and then his pupil losing anyways. Uh, and then we've got, like... The scene where he, he tries to choke poor poor Johnny Lawrence for losing the tournament and Miyagi stops him and like Miyagi kinda humiliates him with but with his characteristic playful style. And then so then we cut to a new scene, it's Crease wandering around LA wearing a puffy vest. Okay, um, we, yeah, we I think for this movie especially we need to create a fashion uh, section. 
I noted that Kreese is wearing a beige turtleneck. One of several turtlenecks yeah, you've seen in this he movie. He is a turtleneck man in this movie. Uh, it's very disconcerting. I think that's how you can see that his mental state is in a, in a good place. The well, by that sorrow for him. By that metric, everyone's mental state is in complete disarray. Lots of turtlenecks. Tons um, of turtle run. But he's, you know, he is, he's lost all of his students. He goes back to the dojo and, like, there's nobody there. And on his answering machine, everybody's trying to collect past due bills. I was a little bit like, wait, why did he lose all of his students? Because, like, they lost one tournament? I, yeah, that's... I also had a question about that. Um, I did note that Miyagi says uh, living can be, well, in a non-complete sentence, living even worse punishment than death. Uh, So it's like Miyagi knew somehow. I feel like Miyagi's machinations ended Kreese's career. You think Miyagi had like a secret revenge plot of his own? I would like to see that, you know, because it just started as a joke. As Miyagi does, you know, and then it got out of control. Next thing you know, you're running the karate game out of town. I mean, I, you know, maybe that's a better explanation for what I had in my head, which is like, either like everyone who took karate lessons with Kreis was so invested in the tournament that they were like, as soon as Cobra Kai loses one tournament, we're out of here. Or, I mean, I honestly was like, well, he did try to like fucking choke Johnny Lawrence in a parking lot, maybe his parents tried to sue or something. Because <laughs> um, that's, you know, that, that's assault on a minor. Maybe that had some fallout, but apparently not, because he seems to blame everything on Daniel and Miyagi. So not, like, say, like a litigious set of parents. So, okay, somehow that, that led it's to weird the to demise I don't think, the dojo. It's not like winning the All-Valley suddenly catapults you to, like, international success. Right. You know, it's like... It's like you a group win the of All Valley, and care. then maybe next year you can fight again and yeah. defend your title. And it's like it's not like if you were taking lessons like at Cobra Kai Dojo for twelve years, like what? what where are you going now? Okay, um, so your life but, is a Bruce Springsteen song. You're stuck in that dojo forever, man. I guess so. In your puffy vest, and uh, but then you know that's okay. He uh, goes to see a mysterious rich man, um, and that mysterious rich man is one Terry Silver. Oof. Describe him, Nina. Go ahead. He's a man, you know, like any other. But Nina, <laughs> I can't do this. Terry Silver, he—you can't describe I, Terry Silver, really. Look him up. Thomas Ian Griffith may have been responsible for many of my early crushes. Oh, jeez. Um, he is—he's a good-looking guy. He is a good-looking guy. He's a tall. Love the consensus. Please remember this. Even in a greased-up, gross ponytail. Even wearing a ridiculous terry cloth robe, even with his weird bathtub phone. Yeah, we got to take a moment with with mysterious rich guy Terry Silver. He is the first time we see him. You know, with his he's very tall. He's got a slick back Tony tail. He's in a, a gi and he's like practicing karate with a bunch of minions with boxing gloves in his mansion. Uh, he greets Crease like an old friend. Um, I'm I'm mixing together a bunch of scenes here, but like at various points, you see him like taking calls in his bubble bath, um, drinking champagne while plotting evilly, he has like, like smoking a co- cigars. He has a secretary slash court stenographer kind of seated near him at all times yeah. to like weigh in on his machinations. When Kreese comes to see him, like in between their, their talk about the dojo, which apparently he bought for Kreese. Like Kreese is like, I'm giving up, man. Like, here's the keys to the dojo. And like, you know, uh, 
Terry Silver's like, no, no, you can't give... To, we just need to get revenge on those fucks. In between that conversation, somebody comes up to him and says, Mr. Kreese, you know, the plutonium deal is awaiting your signature. <laughs> why have we... Why have the history books forgotten about the plutonium deal? Right? And, like, he's a plutonium merchant. What? The hilarious Let's... thing is that, um, you know, in my internet searches, as you will, I did not expect the Terry Silver wiki bio to be as long as it is. We will share the link... But, I mean, it's too long to read, but just, just, okay, I'll read one sentence. Terry Silver is a wealthy and corrupt billionaire slash toxic waste dumper who helps Kreese get revenge on Daniel LaRusso. Also karate expert, Silver hatches an elaborate, time-consuming, and expensive <laughs> plot. Judgy much, writer? <laughs> um, what they're trying to say, inelegantly, is that here we have a true friend. Somebody who's willing to go to the mat for Kreese. Would you do that for me? I mean, yes, I would. I would take That's a really day. That's really easy off. to say when you're not a toxic waste dumping billionaire, and so I don't have the vision to do what he does: move sludge around. It's just they're oh. Vietnam buddies. Apparently, like Cree saved his ass in the war like a few times, and like now, uh, I, now Terry Silver feels very grateful, grateful enough to not only buy Crease a dojo, but then like the, the, the revenge plot is so elaborately stupid. And we'll get to that in a second. I mean, wait. There's wait. too much to get to. Yeah. Honestly, too much to get to. Um, I will just put a quick plug in for years ago, nuclear was the preferred waste. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just that line that. alone gives you so much food for thought. Right? What world do they live in? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. This movie takes place right after Karate Kid 2. Because you, uh, well, you see, like, uh, Daniel and Miyagi coming out of the airport. They've just gotten back from Japan, um, you know, they're, they're going back to the, the old L.A. apartment complex that Daniel lives in and Miyagi is the super at, only to find that it is being demolished. Um, Daniel's mom apparently, like, just left a neighbor, like, left to go, like, take care of Daniel's sick uncle, like, in New Jersey, probably. The Karate Kid universe has a lot of people kind of dumping their parental responsibilities right? onto karate surrogates. Yes! Miyagi the, didn't sign up for this shit. Yeah, and, like, essentially some neighbor is like, oh, hey, Daniel, uh, your mom moved across the country to take care of, like, a sick uncle. Um, on the phone, mom says she might be there for months. Hey, Miyagi, can you, like, take care of Daniel? And he's like, okay. Miyagi's in his 70s, right? you know? He did not sign up to, first of all, have this like weird teenager follow him on his vacation and he then... just buried his dad he had to fight fucking sato yeah Ugh. and now he's like just he's just daniel lives with him now it's a good thing that he likes daniel because my god like this is this is too much to ask for um he's got and also he's fired from his job as a super because there is no more apartment complex anymore and he's sad like because that was that was some. That was his livelihood. Um, Daniel mentions like, well, why don't you open a bonsai store? And, and Miyagi says quite sadly that that was like his plan for retirement, but he doesn't really have the money to. What do you think the the market is for bonsais <laughs> in Reseda in the eighties? <sighs> I know karate was big, obviously. I mean, bonsai are pretty cool, and if you've ever had a bonsai, they're very easy to kill. So, like, the market. Yeah, is just... but I mean, is it like? Uh... Like someone opening a carpet store where you sell one carpet for like $2,000 and you got rent for that month. And Maybe you only have like, to worry about the next sucker who's going to buy another carpet next month. That's actually a pretty good question. Like how many do you need to pay? Sell yeah, what is the, how, how are you going to opt, what is it? 
Well, you can... Mark up a bonsai. Oh, well, like, there's different types of bonsai. Like, some are, like, the cheapies, like, little pine tree one, like, the one I had when I was a kid. They're, like, 20 bucks. Uh, but, like, the, uh, they go up to, like, thousands upon thousands of dollars, depending on As we on learned in this stuff. movie. Yeah. Up to 10,000. Not pretending to, to be a, a bonsai expert, but I know there's some variability there. But, okay, that's his dream. I get it. He loves bonsai. Um... Before we get to, to like, what happens there, uh, Terry Silver reveals his evil plan pretty early in this movie. Uh, I marked it as, like, the 16-minute mark. Um, this is not a movie with a lot of suspense. He's, like, in, like, a sauna drinking champagne. Um, and basically, his, his plan is to get Daniel to enter the All-Valley Tournament um, and then find creative ways to beat him up before and during the tournament. I'm finished with that kid. He'll be begging me to be his teacher. And you know what he's going to learn from me? Pain in every part of his body and fear in every part of his mind. <laughs> and here's the kicker. He's going to thank me for it. Okay, the lesson here is pain in every part of his body, fear in every part of his mind. Yeah. That's it's... like a Freddy Krueger type right. advance. It's And it kind of makes you imagine that, like... Can I go over the plan? Like, just because yes, I feel like it really... please do. So, what he's going to do is, like, if Daniel won't, like, voluntarily sign up for the tournament, he'll find ways to strong-arm him into it. Then, somehow he magically knows that Miyagi won't train him for the tournament, so he will step up under false pretenses as Daniel's alternate trainer. And during that training, he will both make... Daniel, like, a worse person somehow, more violent, and also, like, just kind of, like, fuck Daniel's hands up a lot. And then, after, like, revealing himself to be an enemy all along, during the tournament, he'll, like, have his chosen champion, like, beat the shit out of Daniel. And it's like, why don't you just, like, hire some goon to beat the shit because out of Daniel? Because that's not his dream. This movie is about a lot of things, but one of them is about exploring and following your passions. And for Miyagi, it's a bonsai store, and for Terry Silver, it's not just about some trench warfare it's it's about a meticulously plotted revenge plot and i gotta admire him for that i will say that this is such an ill-conceived revenge plot i understand that's part like this is actually a fun movie not trashing on it but like there's so many like okay the next scene which is very which is very sweet is that daniel like cashes out his college fund so he that, really does not want to go to college right okay. I mean, he's probably that is too. it for miyagi or is it because he can't take i mean uh, I actually, you know that, like, I'm a, a Daniel hater during the Cobra Kai series, but this is, like, it's sweet. He does it so he can, like, get the lease on a little shop, like a, well, a kind of, like, wrecked up shop that they can transform into their bonsai paradise, Mr. Miyagi's little trees. And Miyagi, after some resistance, like, realizes that this, this is what Daniel wants to do. And he's like, well, you know what? The only thing wrong with this lease is that your name's not on it. We're partners. And that's, it's very sweet. I like it. And that makes me say, I'm getting back to the Terry Silver thing. Okay. So this whole revenge plot is because, like, John Kreese is like, these these fucks somehow drove me out of business. Wouldn't, like, the better revenge just to be, like, ruin their bonsai shop? Like, you know what I mean? That like, they don't really need to do anything else. Kreese would have to, like, know what ties Miyagi has to bonsais. And... But, I mean, like, Terry Silver at one point skulks into Miyagi's house while Daniel's in the You're shower over and explores the place. Like, oh his box God. of memories. He knows everything about Miyagi. He knows that he has a bonsai store. So, like, all you gotta do is just keep trashing the bonsai store and drive them out of business. Or, 
open like a free bonsai store next door. He's got more money than God. A spite store, a spite yeah. bonsai store. It would be so easy for him to do it. It would be much more emotionally devastating to both of them. Because, by the way, this revenge plan doesn't really tar- target Miyagi all that much. Well, that's, this is part one of the... <laughs> I mean, also, it's Kreese's idea, so I don't really think is of... It, I thought it was Terry Silver's idea. I don't know. It involves, like, so much money and... and... War changes a man, Lotha. That's what we also learned. Oh okay? So, anyways, that is that is the plot uh, that Terry Silver has Wait, can I wrap up one loose throwaway Please. comment Please. from Karate Kid 2? So, Miyagi, if you want to know why his, like, savings are wiped out, is because he bought a house for Yuki. And I detected a little note of resentment there. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you kind of abandoned Yuki. I- I'm glad she got a house. Because she waited her whole life for you, dude. Yep. She didn't get a husband, but she got a house. Oh, and also, uh... Joy celibacy, Yuki. Uh, Daniel's short-term, uh, Asian, uh, Japanese girlfriend, Kumiko, uh, does not end up coming to California, like, apparently yeah, he, he thought he was. Yeah, and he is devastated about yeah. that. I love it. I love it. They kind of, like, are just like, well, she joined a Japanese dance troupe. Anywho. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Fair. Dance takes away everything. Doesn't it? That's the real villain, not karate. It's dance. Um, but don't worry. He, he has another, not love interest exactly, but we'll get to her. We'll get to her. Yeah, um, God. Um, For now, we're like, uh, let's see, we're introduced to Mike Barnes, a crucial part of Terry Silver's plot. What did you think of Mike Barnes? Ah, I couldn't really get a read on him, honestly. Like, Johnny Lawrence, you kind of got a good, like, I get it, he isn't like a very shaded character in in Karate Kid 1, but like, he's like a scary, like, sociopathic bully. That comes across. What's some hidden vulnerability? You get that too. Mike Barnes, I was just like, okay. Mike Barnes is like the Terminator, you know? Yeah. Like, in terms of someone you wouldn't want... Uh, I mean, yeah, Johnny did get a bunch of his thugs, like, try to drive someone off a cliff, which there's also lots of cliff action in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. So it's obviously a running theme. Stay away from cliffs, kids. <laughs> but, but Mike Barnes, I mean, that's a dude. I mean, they don't even need Snake and Dennis. The, his, his... Yeah, friends. let's talk about Snake and Dennis. They're like... Apparently on John, uh, Terry Silver's payroll, and they know karate. How do you and, how do you find these people? Is there like a well? He found like Mike Barnes in Karate Magazine. Right, it's Karate's okay. bad boy. Maybe like they were like Karate's best cronies. I don't know. Like, but I mean, the b- bizarre thing is that like Mike Barnes. The plan is that he will enter the All Valley Tournament and like kick the shit out of Daniel. And I was like, wait, he's in high school? What? He's he's eligible. We didn't for even we didn't even talk about the fact that Mike Barnes hustles his way into Terry Silver's dojo business plan. He's planning on opening like an entire like string of Cobra Kai dojos across 20. the valley. Twenty, which makes you think like, so they don't really need to get revenge on like Daniel and and, and Miyagi at all, man. They'll just money this problem away. They get twenty dojos going, and Mike Barnes comes in and is like. I know you said I'd get 25%, but I want 50% of all the, the new yes. dojo revenue. We have a lot of 18-year-old business owners. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, if you're if you're savvy enough to do that, how are you, like, eligible to fight in a teenager's, like, I respect tournament? that. So Mike Barnes knows this is ridiculous. He's looking out for his longtime security. Yeah, that's fair. And so I could get, you know, 10 dojos out of this. Uh, you know what? That's, that's not true. a bad deal. It's not, that's not a bad deal. And he's seen, him. I mean... Fighting Daniel is not really... He's not going to take any hits. Yeah, right. It's like... He's going to live to fight another day, you know? Yeah. Which also brings up the question, like... Again, Terry Silver, do you really need to, like, hire this incredibly expensive karate champion to take out Daniel? But it's very pure. The revenge Um, is very... 
pure. It's like it's Shakespearean almost. Well, it's kind of like I want to beat you up, which is like plenty of people can beat Daniel up. But it's, it's not pain hard. in his mind too. Eh, yeah, and again, I'm gonna say it. I'm sorry, but like Miyagi is the one who totally humiliated Crease. Yeah. Like, yeah, he honked his nose. Right, sucks. he honked his nose, and, and we've all felt the pain of that. Oh, yeah. So it's like, we in the course of this movie, we see Daniel's mental state shatter. Miyagi seems pretty okay, though, most of the time. I mean, yeah, apart from the fact that, like, you have no savings, and your backup plan is running this, I'm sorry, gonna be failing bonsai store in an economically depressed You town. are a monster. I cannot Who's believe. buying bonsai? So Plenty if a bon- of people. If a bonsai theoretically lives for a very long time, you're not gonna have any repeat customers. Okay, bonsai die like that. You're going to have so many repeat customers. Well, wouldn't you Wouldn't you form such a deep attachment to your bonsai that once it dies, you're not just gonna run out and buy another bonsai? What are you, a monster? I mean, not as big a yeah, monster Lutha as you. Yeah, probably has a bunch of bonsais lined up. Look, you get attached to them, yes, but then they die, and then you have a bonsai-shaped hole in your heart, and you're the bonsai slut. I don't know what that meant. Hey, remember Daniel Bonsai Son? The bonsai I bought for you? That was a chia pet, Nina. Sure. And, uh, Ikru Mold. I'm sorry. Whatever. I mean, it was actually a pretty Whatever! It was a good gift. It's just, you know, eventually he got moldy, as Daniels always do. It's like, I, I don't know what to focus on. The business model part of this this movie or or the bonsai oh, maintenance i'm actually gonna say you have a point that about miyagi's business sense being kind of ugh, because crucial plot point in the movie apparently like there's such a thing as a natural bonsai like most bonsai like you kind of like train them to be bonsai you atten- intentionally take a little tree and stunt its growth but like a natural bonsai apparently is like a tree that like does that to itself like a midget tree i guess and they're very rare they're worth a shit ton of money and Miyagi has one. Like, he brought it with him from Okinawa, and instead of just, like, keeping it in his house and maybe selling it when times get rough, he plants it on a cliff in called Devil's Cauldron. But that's where it gets, you know, the best sun or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's it makes sense to me, If you knew anything about bonsais, it would make sense to you, too. It's like, no, buddy, keep that in your back pocket in case you need to sell it one day. Oh my I mean, God. shit, a bonsai is like your security. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. But it's just one of many, uh, many insane things about this movie. So many insane things about this movie. Um, let's talk about Owl Valley, because that rears yeah. its head. Um, Daniel, sh- what to say about Daniel? I mean, w- one thing we notice right away is... There's two scenes kind of back to back. He's talking to Miyagi, and then there's there's another scene where he's out by the dojo, and he looks completely different in both. We gotta and mention this, yeah. It, initially, it's like he's a little chubbier on the face, um, and then he's he's noticeably lighter in the next scene, and then it goes back to chubby, and then it just gets very distracting. Yes, I mean you can definitely tell like many of these scenes must have been filmed many months apart. No, we're not trying to fat shame no, Ralph Macchio. It's just he's like a small guy, and like a few pounds make a difference. And it's you were mentioning at one point that like oh he looks younger, and it's like oh his face is just rounder. It's true. Ralph Macchio already a man that looks very young. He looked about twelve in this movie. And Nina, ridiculous. You revealed something to me that kind of blew my mind, I, I... which is that he was twenty nine in this movie and villain Terry Silver, who eventually becomes his, his evil sensei for a while, is 27. Yeah. It's just chill Genetics on that. is insane. Yeah. It really is. It's crazy. It, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. But 
with the whole Valley thing, you know, it's interesting because, like, he receives the letter that says, like, hey, you know, as the defending champion, you can just compete in all Valley by fighting in the very last match in dramatic fashion. That is the most insane rule. Yeah, that makes no sense. It's like, well, what if you, like, had totally gone to seed and, like, it was... Anyways, he, uh, he wants to do it. Miyagi's like, no, man. Like, karate's about defending yourself. It's not about winning plastic trophies. And, like... Burn. Yeah, and I, I honestly, like, I watched this movie as a kid. I didn't remember it so well. So it was like, oh, I get it. The conflict is going to be that, like, Daniel really wants to fight for glory and trophies. And Miyagi's like, no, that's not the way. And that's what they're going to butt heads over. And I'm like, you know, that's a realistic sort of conflict. That would have been... It would have been sort of, uh, sort of expected. But, like, you know, it would have made sense. But... Instead, like, Daniel kind of is like, you know what, Ma- Miyagi, you're totally right. And he, like, just, like, is like, fuck it. I, I don't need to enter a tournament. That's not what karate's for. And it's just like, okay, well, what's the conflict then? Yeah, you know, they, uh, we've talked a little bit about how Karate Kid kind of mirrors Rocky, Rocky uh, the series. And, and they explicitly made this movie uh, based on the success of that. And I see a lot of parallels. But what would have been great is if they did the same thing where... Daniel is a defending champ, and he's kind of resting on his laurels. He's maybe gained a little weight, mm-hmm. hitting the beaches, doing anything but karate, uh, not keeping up with his training. And then he comes up against someone who can actually fight. Drago could be basically Mike Barnes. Yeah, you know, you're actually right. That would have been... Compelling. Compelling, and like, so here's what I saw as like, kind of problematic, is that like, so he's not going to fight in the tournament, and you know that that's, like, the, a cornerstone point of Terry Silver's idiotically complex revenge plot. And so, you have several scenes where, like, uh, Mike Barnes and his two goons, Snake and the other one, Dennis. Um, sorry, actor who plays Dennis, you were great, but, like, uh, I remember Dennis. Dennis. But they, they come and they, like, fuck up Miyagi's, like, bonsai shop, and they're like, sign the contract for the, or sign the, the tournament form, and Daniel's like, no, I don't want to. And, like, it, like, they, it feels like they have to, like, try more and more ridiculous Yeah, the central drama is about this piece of paper, yeah. really. I mean, the blood that is shed, and we, we discussed it a little bit, but, like, why didn't he just sign the paper and then not show up the day of? Yeah. Like, Daniel's hot-headedness, which, you know we've seen throughout the movies it's just like out of control here but like the thing is so they keep fucking up Miyagi's shop and like Daniel is like genuinely like oh no like we've like we are in the hole now this is like financially ruinous to us these thugs who keep fucking up the shop and like Miyagi is just kind of like you know whatever don't worry about it and it's just like I I hated being on team Daniel it was really hard for me but this entire movie I'm like no, Daniel's like a partner in the shop, and he realizes that this is a bat. Like this is very financially distressing, and they're like near. They're going to be sunk soon if they don't do something about <laughs> Daniel's it. Daniel's like, I sunk my college fund into. He this. sunk his. College but then fund again, Daniel this. stupidly sunk his college fund into a trip to Okinawa that he didn't need to take. Yeah, where did so. he get the new? Co- oh, right, he like won something. He blew one half to go to Okinawa. He blew the other half on this bonsai yeah. store. So, and so he's made some iffy decisions. But right now, he's trying to like make his investment pay off, and Miyagi just doesn't seem to care. And so he does, like, what he th- what I honestly think isn't that stupid a decision. Like, he's like, you know what, I gotta get the, uh, I, got, I gotta get, like, the secret natural bonsai worth, like, $10,000. Don't you think it's kind of fucked up that he didn't ask Miyagi's permission? I think that he... 50-50 partners. Yeah, I mean, I, he probably should have asked, but, like, I understand, like, why he did it, and, like, why he was like, I just want to make this right. And I think he knew that Miyagi wouldn't approve, but, like, Miyagi at this point has shown an appalling lack of, like, 
business sense. They're still early in the game, though. Take out your money and go. All you really have is a lease to a shed anyway. Oh, and we should mention that at this point, uh, Daniel has met a what seems to be a new love interest. Um, uh, R.I.P. Kumiko. Yeah. Oh, Kumiko, we hardly knew ye. But now there's a redhead who works at a pottery shop that is across the street from the bonsai store. How convenient, right? right? He goes in there to it. He goes in there to get pots. Um, she's like at the wheel. Uh, it seems like she's going to be totally insufferable. Her name is Jessica Andrews. I actually ended up liking her. Um, yeah, you know, let's talk again about Daniel's game. Daniel is single-mindedly obsessed with either karate and really, it's really Miyagi. Yeah, he's obsessed with karate because it's linked to Miyagi. No girl can ever compete with that. No, but it doesn't matter. His wife is only able to compete because Miyagi's dead. And you don't even really need to be in his presence for more than two minutes before you pick up on this. And a smart girl, an Allie, and now Jessica is like, you know what? If I want to get in on this Daniel action, I gotta find a way to make it about karate. (laughs) And she starts talking about how she loves bonsais. What girl loves bonsais? I love bonsais. That is the worst pickup line of all time. But it works on Dan- Daniel's suddenly like all ears. He's like, really? I mean, it's like liking your favorite band or something. Yeah. No, what other true. trees you but, like, Jessica? I mean, I think she just says it kind of conversationally. Like, oh, yeah, bonsais. They're cute. No, sure. there's no way that's an accident. But, uh, you know, they make plans for a date. And even like, even when he shows up for the date and she's like, okay, so I kind of have this boyfriend. He um, does not care. You know why? Because he spends the entire date talking about Miyagi. I mean, I loved it actually. And that like, she's like, look, I, I had broken up with my boyfriend in the last seven hours. We were on the phone for a while and apparently got back together. But like, let's go on the stage as friends. And like, Daniel says, sure. And I think he totally means it. He's like, whatever. I just want somebody to talk to Miyagi about. They have the strength. Not strange. I thought they had like a refreshingly good, friendly relationship. It's not particular. It's not romantic. Really. Yeah, you know, it's like she was. You know, she thought he was cute, and then she immediately realized, you know what, this guy's heart's taken. Yeah, and I may as well get a friendship out of it. Right, and, and they so are he's down. It was one of those things where it's like they're like, yeah, okay, we'll be friends, and they actually are friends. And I realized. I think the movie, more than giving him a love interest, they really needed him to have someone to talk to. What's interesting Miyagi. is Miyagi played matchmaker, or tried to. He's the one who sent him over there to, to Jessica's shop. And, and it's like it's like your ex trying to get rid of you and be like, look, there's other people out there for you. And Daniel's not hearing nope, it. Nope, Daniel's you know? like, nope, I'm 100% Miyagi all the He's time. He's all in. But, well, until a new sensei comes to town. Right. But Jessica turns out to be, like, a pretty useful gal pal. She knows how to rock climb, and she helps Daniel get down to uh, Devil's Cauldron to get, like, that rare, expensive, uh, amazing bonsai, it, which is, like, in the hardest-to-reach, like, canyon of all time. That is a terrifying time. incline. Yeah, and it's, like, and there's, it's, like, the ocean is at the bottom, and, like... It's life or death. Yeah. So, of course, uh, you know, they drop the bonsai, they narrowly save the bonsai. It's a big bonsai adventure, but, like... As they're trying to climb back up, oh, somebody's stolen their ropes. Who is it? I love it. It's Mike Barnes, guys. Mike Barnes does not quit. Mike you know Barnes has barely been following them. He for has a, a very financial long time. stake in this. Yeah, uh, he's got a real motivation. I get it. You think he's what, like college age, high school age? What? If he's able to compete the All Valley, he's got to be under eighteen, right? Okay, so you have this seventeen-year-old kid who's now a fifty percent stake in a. <laughs> dojo scheme. And he's defending his interest because for some reason it is totally dependent on him beating Daniel Russo in the tournament. So like he dangles like the fucking like tournament sign up. He's thing. willing to freaking kill for it. Yeah. Guys. Which is sort of like 
he dangles at the thing and he's like, sign it or we won't pull you up. And so Daniel signs it. And just Can we as... talk about how he was about to leave Jessica for dead? Oh, yeah. Let's so, I that. mean, on the way down, you know, it's a steep incline. The tide's going to come in. Uh, they both kind of fall a little. The, the poor bonsai is, like, hanging out there. And, you know, you need to watch this in slow-mo because Daniel doesn't even look at Jessica. She could be dead on the rocks for all he cares. He's going for that bonsai, mm-hmm. you know, in slow-mo. And he packs the bonsai. I mean, it's a good thing Jessica doesn't have a romantic interest in him because that would have she totally takes it in stride. She's like, yeah, of course you would save this bonsai. Yeah, while well, I was life. sort of falling. That's I'm fine. just a new friend, you know? Yeah, I'm not like your love interest. Come on now. And when they like, when Daniel signs the form and they get pulled up, uh, just as they're near the top, like the like the two thugs in Mike Barnes are like, we're not going to pull you up unless like you give us the bonsai. And also they threaten to gang rape Jessica. There's a lot of dark stuff. Which is like, wow, guys. I really think Karate Kid 2 is the darkest of the series, but also they're, very, right there, they're yeah. very free with the the rape references. Right. Yeah. And then like, it, and also when they're just like, well, we're not going to pull you up. It's like, well, yeah, you're going to pull Daniel up. You need him to fight in the tournament. They don't what, really need Jessica, though. Yeah, that's true. So he does give them the bonsai. Suddenly he cares about her welfare. And then like, it's cold. They crack the bonsai in half, and it's like, that's like worth $10,000, you fucking moron. We it's very rip strange, because we're all on the edge of our seat. What's going to happen to this bonsai? And, you know, Daniel, in a in a moment of vulnerability, is like, don't hurt the bonsai. Yeah. Oh. It's like, his life, it's 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 very adorable. Yeah. Um, and Mike Barnes, you know, to his credit, he could have thrown that bonsai off the cliff. He cracks it in half. That's, like, pretty much worse. I mean, but for dramatic flair. Yeah. If I was Mike Barnes, I would have drop kicked that bonsai off the cliff. I wish Mike Barnes, I would have like sold it and then made Mike Barnes is looking. He's got he's got bigger fish to fry. Okay, he's not in these petty bonsai schemes. Okay, he's in the dojo game. Reader, I don't care how rich you are. You have a ten thousand dollar bill in your hand. You don't rip it in half to All make right, a dramatic point. Tweet at us. Which is more lucrative? I call them playing the long stuff. game with the dojo. Or going all in on this bonsai. Why one or the other? Why not both? That's true. Actually, that's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. But anyways, so Daniel has signed the tournament form. Uh, He comes home to Miyagi, like, with this broken bonsai. He feels so terrible. He's so upset that he he feels like he's failed Miyagi. Actually, it turns out Miyagi sold his truck to buy more bonsai, which, you know what? Would have been a good thing to tell your business partner, Miyagi. Would have been a good thing. Don't you need a car to, like, get around Reseda? Uh, I think he has, like, another one. I don't know. Okay. Um, or maybe Daniel has a card that Miyagi gave him, so I guess they're good. But, like, the whole thing is very... Okay. Okay, so here to me, and let me rant about this for a second, and I promise I will never talk about anything else ever again. Promises, promises. Okay. 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 Here to me is the central flaw of this movie. Just because there's just one, really. Um, <laughs> Not enough crease and silver. <laughs> uh so Daniel comes back and is like, I, I had to sign the form to get into the tournament. And he kind of like, I assume at some point he explains step by step what happens. But like, he is clear that he did this under duress. That this is something he did so that like... His life was at stake. His life was at stake. It was actually at stake, not an exaggeration. He wanted to get pulled out of a cavern. That's why he signed the tournament form. And he's like, this guy, I'm no match for him. I'm not ready. Miyagi, will you train me? And Miyagi says, no. 
why does he say no? Because karate is not for tournaments. It is for, you know, life or death situations like the one that Daniel is in. And in fact, that's why, why he trained Daniel for the tournament in Karate Kid 1. The idea was that, like... If he wanted the tournament, then those bullies would stop trying to, like... Yeah, even up. Silver said that later, where he was like, you fight one fight, or you fight every day for the rest of your life. Right. The rest of your life! Right, and Daniel so... Daniel wouldn't survive on the second day. Yes, and so this kind of... The central conceit of the movie is basically just, like... It's not like Rocky, where Rocky's, like, resting on his laurels, and he's getting too full of himself, and he needs to start working again. Daniel actually... And, guys, I'm a huge Daniel hater in, in the Cobra Kai sure. show. But let me say, in this movie, Daniel actually has done nothing wrong. Like, throughout this movie, He's like, got money on the line. That college fund. Yeah, he's put his college fund into a bonsai shop to make <laughs> his to make his mentor happy. Um, anything, even, like, taking the bonsai, like, from the super secret special cal- cauldron, he does it because he wants the bonsai shop to succeed. Um, he f- does not enter the tournament because he, like, has a taste for glory. He enters it under duress to save his life. Um, and Miyagi is like, I won't teach you for stupid, arbitrary reasons. When he does go out seeking a new sensei, it's because of that. And everything that follows from that, it's like, it's not really his fault. And like, at one point he's like, I made all, like, I made all the wrong decisions. I got myself into this mess. And it's like, the only thing that Daniel did wrong was become the target of a multi-billionaire set on revenge. Like, that's hard to fight. It's not... So it's like he has no arc. Like the movie tries to pretend that like, oh yeah, like Daniel learns that like true karate is within or Daniel learns the evils of of Terry Silver. But like the truth is it's like Daniel doesn't do anything wrong. Miyagi, I don't understand. Yeah, it's actually the real, the darker truth is that if a multi-billion dollar uh, toxic waste millionaire guy wants to destroy your life, he will do so. He will do so. And it's like not... It's weird to say that that's Daniel's fault. And I think everything is Daniel's fault in the show. But, like, in this movie, it's like... I mean, the problem is that he seems like a good kid. Uh, and that, like, circumstances... He shows a talent for selling or upselling things that are obviously shitty. He already starts to seem like... You're terrible. But he starts to seem like the bo- uh, the uh, car salesman that he will one day be. But, like, it's just like he's this good kid who's caught up in this plot that's beyond his control. Whose mentor has ditched him for, like, no particular reason. Um, so... Yeah, I wasn't sure, like, that kind of, I don't know, like, that makes it so that, like, he doesn't really have the character arc the movie thinks that he has. He's, like, actually just, like... If anything, it just shows how codependent Daniel is on Miyagi. Like, the second Miyagi is not there to, like, guide him, he just spins out. And he's also, like, I'm gonna say, and this is not fat shaming him, but, like, he's pretty out of shape. Like, he clearly has not kept up with his karate, and uh, his not-girlfriend goes for a run with him. She's nice. She's, like, trying to be there for him. And he's, like, panting the entire way. It's just, like, Yeah, I mean, Mike Barnes... Mike Barnes is not It's gonna be, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Um... Should we talk about the official entrance of Terry Silver into young Danielson's life? Yes, we have to. Okay. We have to. He rolls in on the side. No, no, no. Sorry. The official entrance is at Miyagi-Do. Yeah, like, does that, uh... Yeah, he comes up one day, and apparently, he he's like, well, you know, I am a pupil of your friend in Korea, Miyagi, and I... Hey, you got all that sweet Miyagi intel from his breaking and entering. That's right. Where he hid in a chimney when it... When <laughs> I mean, that's commitment. Caught. Let's talk I mean, Say that. what you will about the man. He's willing to hide in a chimney for his friend. Yeah, he, he is. I'm touched. I mean, he does a lot for Crease. More changes he? a man. Right? Like, 
She does way too much for Chris. I want to know more about this friendship. That's all I have to say. Right? Um, um, so, yeah. You first come, impressions? Well, with uh, with him rolling up to the, the dojo for the first time? Mm-hmm. Well, like, he rolls up and he's like, we just heard the news in Korea about Chris. <laughs> what? Chris is international. Yeah, he behaved dishonorably at this under-18 Los Angeles tournament, and we heard about it, and I flew from Korea to help him, because he used to, you know, he apparently used to be a student of this fake Korean um, master, and also to apologize to you guys. So that's bizarre, but, you know, whatever, everybody rolls with it. Do you think Miyagi, Miyagi obviously bought it, right? Yes. And I kind of expected Miyagi to have a better bullshit detector, like... Right? Like, What? You flew from Korea, huh? But maybe people do that in dojo world. I don't know. But then you drop the kind of, like, shared uh, war history and that whole thing. Right. Like, the war... Ch- like, you know, when he's apologizing for Kreese, who he says died the week earlier. Oh, my God, yes. He died of a broken heart. Oh my God. I mean, can you imagine? And, of course, Miyagi and Daniel were like, yeah, no, of course, broken heart. Yep. That's... And where do you go to heal your broken heart? Tahiti. Yeah, he's in Tahiti. He's not dead. Spoiler. Um, and also, there's no real reason to say that he's dead. But what, why not? Just because Terry Silver's batshit. Why not? Um, he says he's dead. And, you know, he wasn't like you, you knew him, though. He used to be a good man. War changes you. That's the only genuine emotion that uh, Terry Silver shows this entire movie is is when he's talking about his... His friend, Crease. Yeah, that's true. That's his emotional center. And the reason he's going through all these elaborate shenanigans, and, you know, he knows from his snooping that Miyagi is also a veteran. And there's, like, a kind of, like, a veteran-like moment that they have. It's like, yes, war does change you. Um, and, okay. Yeah, so he doesn't come on too strong in that intro scene. He's just like, oh, is this your student? Yo, Daniel. And to me, it's just like this, there's this greater metaphor of, like, seducing a student away from their sensei where he's like look i'm not coming on to you i'm just saying hi yeah just happen to be in the neighborhood exactly and And then the next time he runs into him he's in his car yep he's driving his humble car because by the way that's what daniel's into yep and by the way billionaire crease has a fleet of fake cars for when he needs to pretend to be poor to do his revenge plots what does his staff think about this You know what? You don't get paid to think around Terry Silver, oh, okay? He's got, like, Does a butler and an assistant. It's like, what What do they think about him saying, I won't have time for plutonium dealing. I have revenge to exact against a it teenager. It would just be a joy to be around him, okay? <laughs> that is payment enough. You know what? That's, that's fair. <laughs> fair. So he's... So Daniel is panting alongside his platonic friend when Silver, who must be, like, this guy? This, you want me to take out this crappy karate kid? Right. Okay, sure. Um, but he's just like, yo, have you heard about the front sweep? It's like the hottest new move. God. It, God. It's not, guys. Spoiler alert. And I want to say that, like, the front sweep is really demonized in the Karate Kid series. That's true. Sweep and he just the kinda... leg is what they, what, you know, Kreese wanted Johnny Lawrence to evilly do. And, like, the, the front sweep here is just, like, the root of all evil. It's true. What's up with that? But, you know, he's dangling something that his current sensei won't give him, which is sweeping knowledge. Or any kind of help, really. That's true. That's true. There is a scene right after that where he goes to Miyagi, and he was like, can you teach me about this front sweep move? And classic Miyagi, who I guess is bent on humiliating Daniel at every turn, (laughs) comes out with a broom. To no one's surprise, really. 
And, like, I was like, why is Miyagi being a dick? And you were like, well, that's just who Miyagi is. It is. Which is yeah. fair. Um, I, I like my, Miyagi because he's such a fucking weirdo. Um, I, and I really do, but, like, this movie, it's, like, your, your, your motivations don't make any sense. Like, Daniel's, like, falling apart here, and you're just, like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, as... We'll get into this. He, he starts training with Terry Silver. Can we talk about that scene where he goes into this, like, darkened dojo after Miyagi rejects him cruelly? Cruelly. And I, I, I I'll mention one thing, because this is, like, your favorite scene. I want you to cover it. There is a cardboard cutout of Crease in that dojo. <laughs> Let's I talk know. about it. God, it's it's really this movie's about what you would do for friendship. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, have a cardboard cutout of you in my dojo. Exactly. He's willing to give it all up. I mean, who's watching Dynatox Industries while he's carrying this out? Their stock is probably plummeting right I now. I mean, he's gone for, what, two, three weeks, plus probably a week of background research, <laughs> probably another week trying to figure out how to break into <laughs> to a dojo and, and survive inside of a chimney for hours. Yeah, goons you can hire to do stuff like that? Yeah, We're what billionaire. the fuck are Dennis and Snake doing? Get Dennis and Snake to do it. Yeah, they can hide in the chimney. Um, but sorry, Terry Silver's in his natural element, his dojo. Um, yes, so we get... You know, he's very chill about it. He's like, oh, is your is your sensei not training you? Is he not giving you what you need? <laughs> well, here I am. Um, All six feet of me. <laughs> it's more than that. But anyway, uh, we get to Terry Silver's 3D. <laughs> <laughs> You're a child. We're mature here. <laughs> the Quicksilver method. That's awesome. We're going to go to the first lesson, okay? A man can't stand, he can't fight. Why is that a D? I don't know, honestly. Oh, wait, the 3Ds is something else, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, a man... <laughs> God, he's got so many little systems, it's hard. It's true. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. like three systems with two parts. I don't know. You have to subscribe to his newsletter, I exactly. think. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to get all the freebies at once, but... Okay, what do we got? A man can't... What? A man okay, can't... A man can't stand if he can't fight. Um, no, wait. man can't stand, he can't fight. Second lesson, a man can't breathe, a man can't fight. And the third one is the most batshit insane of all. A man can't see, a man can't fight. Followed up with, he'll be blinded by his own tears and choke on his own blood. Nice. I mean, at what point do you think Daniel's like, hmm, this does not sound right. (laughs) I just came in here for a quick front sweep and, you know... Next thing you know, he actually has Daniel do the moves. You know what he says? He's like, hmm... You're better than I thought. And it's like, that's a fair statement. Because I would have been like, from what I've seen, Daniel, I don't know how you won the whole valley. Man. That is the greatest mystery of all. I mean, I was just like, wow, that's a good way of negging Daniel. That's true. Silver. Well done. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's hilarious to see Terry Silver try to like seduce Daniel away. And he, he, My dojo's always open to you. <laughs> It is It is pretty steamy, yes. And it's okay, guys, because they're 27 and 29. It's not inappropriate. Yeah, and the other thing is, part of the silver method is constantly negging Daniel. So anytime Daniel thinks he's doing a good job, he's like, well, why don't you try it on this insane uh, wooden There's a lot of like Daniel of your enemy. Yeah. punching wood, which is painful to watch, but that's, I guess, the point. Because Yeah, each you know, lesson, pain. he goes home bruised and battered, and he tries to hide it from Miyagi very poorly. And Miyagi, I don't know if he's just trying to teach Daniel a hard lesson about, like, honesty. 
Because it's like, look, I know you've been fooling around on me. I know you've been sneaking out to other dojos. Seeing other senseis. Your foot's all fucked up. And he's gracious enough to give him foot powder to fix himself up. What does Daniel do to repay that kindness? He goes right back out there for oh, more silver D. Oh, my deep. God. I mean, Miyagi was like basically like, you're on your own. Like, good luck getting your ass handed at you at the, to you at the tournament. And then when... Daniel, to protect Miyagi's feelings, really, doesn't talk about, like, getting lessons from another sensei. Miyagi's like, oh, Daniel, I can't trust you. You're a liar. You're breaking my heart. And it's like, Miyagi, why, why are you abandoning yeah, your Yeah, so student? my question is, do you think Miyagi's just passive? Or this is part of the greater lesson, where he's like, I need to let Daniel come to his own conclusions about this. See, even if he's battered and bloodied. I'd like to say that, like, the problem with this movie is that because, like, look, they went out of their way to show that Daniel was not, like, chasing glory. He's not doing this for the wrong reasons. He's doing this because he has to, which is fine. But then you need to make it Miyagi's arc. Like, you need to show Miyagi, like, realizing, you know, sometimes you do have to fight in a tournament because, like, those people keep threatening to kill you otherwise. <laughs> I don't know. You, they could have come up with something, but, like... Do you think maybe they could have even, like, maybe it's PTSD from losing his dad, where he's like, I don't care about anything anymore. Right. Or, like, I've survived a war, I've survived internment camps. What do I care about the All Valley? Yeah, or just even, like, he has this, like, blasé attitude about all the, like, the stock at their store getting destroyed. It's like, maybe he is a little bit too, like, laissez-faire about everything. Maybe... Maybe, I really think it should have been, like, and also, also, the whole revenge plot, like, it very much targets Daniel. I think at one point, Crease or Silver or something says, like, well, the way you get to the old man is by destroying Daniel. But, like, you don't really see, like, Miyagi look all that down about anything. That's true. Although, this is the one movie where I felt like he makes declarations of affection for Daniel. Like, in the first movie, it's, like, very unclear if he's just, like, I guess I'm stuck with him. And second movie, he's like, I'm just trying to bury my dad. Why, Why are you here? Me? Why are you here, Daniel? Third movie, he's just, like, yeah, I'm willing to make some sacrifices. Mm -hmm. He's he's always there when Daniel needs him. I mean... He stands up to three people that definitely know karate. He comes to Daniel's rescue quite a, a few lot, times. yeah. But, like, again, I feel like it's just, like, well, I don't know why you're refusing to train him when he obviously... He hasn't done anything wrong, dude. Like, he's not, like, turning his back on your lessons. I think, yeah. Instead of, like, so Miyagi, like, eventually decides to train Daniel. Wait, we're missing the discotheque scene. Oh, I'm sorry. We are. Oh, God. Okay, so Daniel has now gone home three nights, at least, or maybe a full week of getting his ass kicked and bloodied at Silver's fake dojo. I mean, what he's basically doing is punching and kicking a lot of wood, and he's... Exactly, you know, and I don't, what is Terry Silver doing on his off time? Like, when he's not, uh, I guess... Plutonium deals? Or did he take a I mean, I think those? he's taking a vacation. You can't do it. It's international business. It's complicated, like that. Fair. But I'm just wondering if he's just, like, hanging out in this darkened dojo, because he said, stop by any time. Is he just, like, in the back office, cackling to himself? I think he is. I think he does and a I lot mean, of that. And that's how you know he's Crease's friend, because if you, you know, in the show, that's essentially, he, it's in the mold of Crease. There's so much So it's just, like, who's teaching who is... Did Crease mold silver or silver molded Crease? I would love to see a prequel about them. Um, their friendship in Nam. I, we could really get into. I some think they're trying dark to say things. that Terry Silver is Crease's protege because he saved his life countless times in Nam. So it's like I was actually surprised that they served in Nam together because they don't seem to be in the same age cohort. But you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, the ages are just bananas. Just let's. I mean, yeah. I mean, let, let, let's leave it aside. Somehow they fought together. 
So, uh, Daniel is taking his platonic friend, Jessica, like, out to a discotheque for a night of dancing before she leaves. And, like, I actually, like, I, again, I like their platonic friendship. I was, And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. That's cool. Uh, they're at the discotheque. Um, and guess who else is at the discotheque? One, Terry Silver. Yes, he's hiding behind a pillar. Maybe that's how he spends his time. You know, he's not just locked up in the dojo. He's... He's, he's, he's there every night, and then he has to be He's also approaching random teenagers to instigate fights with Daniel. Yeah, it's it's nuts. He goes up to this random, like, douche, and is just like, I'll pay you money for, like, I don't know, macking on his girl or trying to. Um, it's weird, man. It is weird, because I think Daniel's always been a hothead. You know, he's always, like, getting irritated and, like, rising to whatever, you know random threat uh so it's not really like he's changing that much it's just more like i guess he's willing to throw a punch it's the strength of his reaction i guess because like that uh that hired goon comes up to jessica and like i don't know says something shitty to her and he just like punches him in the nose and breaks his nose just like that blood spraying um and like you know jessica is like understandably like what the what are you doing and Daniel's, like, standing there horrified at himself, and then Terry Silver just appears out of nowhere, <laughs> takes Daniel's hand, and they run out of the club. That is the greatest scene of all time. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this this is, like, the final straw for Daniel, who has this, like, realization that maybe I shouldn't be training with Terry Silver. I mean, I know the man has a magnetic lore, and I get it, but, you know, this isn't me. So he goes crawling back to Miyagi, and he actually says the words, like, he needs to go back to Terry Silver and end it properly. Daniel was like, the... It's God. like a formal break. I see what you're getting. Yeah. But to me, it's like, yeah. Well, first of all, yes. There's, like, tons of romantic love triangles everywhere you look. But also, like, Daniel's, like, the nicest kid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he punches one guy, and he feels so bad about it, and he, like, feels like his moral code is unraveling. Again, it's like, Daniel doesn't need this this lesson. He's good. He's fine. Um, and, like, he, uh, I think, like, later he tries to call and, like, find out who the guy was so he can fix his nose. It's just like... Well, that's what that phone call yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were too busy lusting over, like, the last Terry Silver scene. I don't, I don't remember that. Um, so he goes, he goes to end things properly with Terry Silver. Very gentlemanly. Um, Silver, and of course. He's, he's so sweet, too, when he comes in. He's like, I know you had nothing but good intentions, Terry Silver. You can tell that Daniel's broken up with a lot of people before. Because <laughs> um, he's got these lines down pat. You know, it's not you, it's me. I've been with my old sensei for a while. And, you know, it just doesn't feel right. I'm just going to give it another go. But you don't say no to Terry Silver, okay? Terry Silver walks away from you. That's right. And he said, what is it? I wrote it down. Um, he says... I know I owe you. And he's like, you owe me a lot more than that, Danny boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Silly Daniel thinks like, he's talking about money, but it's more than oh, that, no. isn't it? Oh, no. It's a lot more than that. Um, anyway, then Silver just proceeds to, like, lay out the plot. Because it's time. Completely. It's time yeah. for a villain speech. It's it's long due. And out of the shadows steps out, none other than Mike Barnes. Yes. And it's like, what? They were in league the whole time. Um, and, like, you know, Mike Barnes, like, beats up on him a bit. Crease is there. Oh, yeah, Crease steps out of the shadows and actually, I believe, says boo. Because, you <laughs> know, remember, Crease, there was a pointless lie that he was dead. But, though, here he is. And then you have Crease and Mike Barnes and Terry Silver. And they're all, like, laughing evilly the at the same time. The first time I saw this, I do remember thinking, this is where Daniel dies. Like, 
this is just gonna be terrible to watch. Like, these are I was honestly like this is such a strange plan for like two grown men to come up with to torment a high schooler. It's like it only probably... makes sense for Mike Barnes, who's like, I don't know how I lucked into the deal of the century. Yeah. Mike Barnes just makes a ton of sense because it's like, look, if he does the thing, which is beat Daniel in the tournament, he gets 50% of, like, dojo revenue. Um, whereas, sweet dojo revenue. Sweet, sweet dojo revenue with the chain, guys. 20 dojos across the valley. But what Crease and, and I guess Silver's just doing this for Crease. Crease gets the satisfaction of seeing some teenager, like, get his ass beat. When it was actually that teenager sensei who, you know, humiliated him. So, okay. Um... But then, uh, just as things are looking dire, Daniel's run out the door, Mike Barnes is about to, like, drag him back to, I guess, beat him even harder. I don't know. That is my favorite scene, is when Miyagi bursts in. Yeah. And Mike Barnes goes flying through the air. Daniel is cowering near the corner. Yeah. Which seems about right. Yeah. Um, and then you see, we noted this, but it's, he, he takes on Crease first, and Crease doesn't seem to land a punch or a kick or anything. And mm-hmm. I noticed this also in, in the beginning, what takes place right after the All Valley. And, you know, he goes to, like, hit Crease and ends up, like, honking his nose. But Crease doesn't... Crease doesn't land a punch on him either. And he's moving really slow. And I'm just like, is Crease good at karate? Yeah, it was, like, kind of... It's strange. He did some dodging, but it was, like... The fight between Miyagi and Terry Silver looks more impressive. Probably because Terry Silver does lots more, like, flashy kicks and, like, things like that. Also, he's a trained black belt, Lutha. Oh. Wait, is uh, the guy who plays Kreese, is he trained in something? I think so. I think almost everybody took karate lessons except Ralph Macchio. Although Ralph Macchio may have... I feel like he took a few between the second and third. I looked this up. Because every few years I'm like, I wake up in the middle of the night, does Ralph Macchio know karate? I don't think he really does, but we've talked about that before. We've talked about it at length, which is why it's so frustrating that I can't remember it. Um, anyway. Anyway. Miyagi wins. Yeah. Miyagi, Miyagi wins. wins. Um, also, him and Terry Silver, you know, they have a fight. I would like to... Oh, we, we forgot to mention one other fight, as long as we're talking karate. But there is a scene where, like, part of Terry Silver's machinations is to, like, stage a little fight with Mike Barnes coming in and, and trying to challenge That's like Daniel. the first time that he messes up the bonsai shop and like threatens Daniel into sign trying or tries to threaten Daniel into signing the tournament entry form. Yeah. Um and yeah. Terry Silver saves him. Yeah. He uh And he, we were like I was like, I wanna see more karate between these two. Yeah, that was a good fight. You're right. That was very good. Oh, I also want to mention something else about Mike Barnes, uh bully at large. Um in one of his scenes where like he's like messing with Daniel in the, in the bonsai shop, he actually kicks Daniel's not-girlfriend, Jessica, in the stomach. Oh, my God. Yes! That was like, whoa, he yeah. is an equal opportunity thug. I, you just usually don't see that. You just usually see the females threatened to be, you know, they're just threatened with rape. They're not usually kicked in yeah. the stomach. Mike Barnes has, you know, it's money. Money money motivates men in a way. And Jessica, to be honest, after she's like, ah, I just want to lie down. She takes it. Yes, yeah, she takes it so well. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I'm not sure Like I, I get Jessica, but I like her. I have a strong feeling. We could talk about this during the mailbag episode, but I feel this strong feeling that Mike Barnes is going to come back. And I wonder if his character is going to be resuscitated in some way. 
I hope he took over Dynatox or whatever the Terry Silver company is. Because <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, they already did like washed out Hobo and Johnny Lawrence and to some extent Crease. So I'd like to see Mike Barnes. Mike Barnes is a businessman. You yeah, but our that. theory was that Crease is never actually homeless. For all these years, he's just been bankrolled by his best friend, Terry Silver. I mean, that was never my theory, but now I, now that you're floating it for me, it's like, yeah, wait, you knew Terry Silver and he's like your best friend? I mean, just think about that first first shot of him losing the dojo and like, what kind of depressed, broke person strolls the streets in a beige turtleneck? That's not... Puppy vest, yeah. beige turtleneck. But you know what? Like, yeah, you're right. Now, actually, homeless John Kreese doesn't make a ton of sense, considering you have this friend who's willing to stage elaborate, expensive, like, revenge plots for... Uh, Terry Silver's probably dead, right, by the time John no, Kreese is No, Terry Silver is younger than uh, John Kreese. Yeah, but, like, the the toxic waste disposal industry can you age a man. Oh, there's not a man that's going to get his hands dirty with that, Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miyagi, like, hands everybody's ass to them. And then, then Daniel's like, now will you train me? And then Miyagi says, yeah. Yeah, all right. Since Which, you flirted with death. I'm honestly baffled. Like, what changed? Like, they've been, like, trying to kill Daniel for, Maybe like... Maybe he didn't quite believe it until he was really? like, oh, Crease is back. Are you serious? Like, so he was like, oh, Daniel, like, said that they threatened to leave him at a bo- the bottom of a cauldron, but I'm sure he was just exaggerating. Like, Daniel does have a way of exaggerating I mean, He's a car salesman at heart. It's true. But, yeah, so finally, finally there's a training montage. What did you think of this training montage? Eh, I've seen better. Yeah, it was pretty short. Lots of scenes of them doing kata on a cliffside. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. But then when they do the cutaway to show, like, the other side, how Mike Barnes is training, that's very sloppy. It's very, like, quick and... Yeah. Who knows what Cobra Kai's doing? Right, it's like he's in a dojo and he's training with... But also, it's like, if you're Mike Barnes and you've now seen the extent of Danielson's ability and every single time his sensei has to step in, I wouldn't train at all. They should show him just, like, on a beach. Yeah, he's eating nachos. He's (laughs) taking a week off. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, guys, did you really need to go through all these extraordinary efforts? Not at all. My God. Okay, we're here. It's... How is the All Valley every year, every four years? What's going on? That's I think it's annual. Yeah, it's okay. every year. So I'm I'm wondering what happened in the ensuing years. Oh, oh that's right, because it took place right after. Okay, yeah. So it's like it's like the year after we saw him originally. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah, and like he is unlike the first Karate Kid, he is not accompanied by a love interest because. Jessica has already left town. She forgives him instantly for for being a jerk at the club. I thought that was interesting. That was a a welcome choice. Then it bypasses that whole tired thing of the woman watching by the sidelines. And And I I actually, like, I don't even know if they intended this. It's so odd for a movie from the 80s. But, like, she kisses him on the cheek. And I almost wish she hadn't done that. Because I love that their relationship, aside from, like, that first meeting, is just totally, like, nope. And it's a totally realistic thing because... Anyone who watches this knows it's about the relationship between Miyagi and Daniel. Right. Like, they each prove their affection for each other through sacrifice, and it's very touching. No, it is touching. And so, like, yeah, having, like, an arbitrary love interest there would have been kind of stupid. I love that she's like, well, I'm going home. I was only here for a few months anyway. I'm going, getting back to get with my boyfriend, like I said, and bye, and good luck. And <laughs> She's like... I don't understand this town, but I have to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, she wishes him well, and she's supportive, and it's just like, 
you know, it's nice that Daniel had someone to talk to for, for a while. It's cool. He has one other person he to talk to. one other Miyagi. person. And, you know, that person was being kind of a dick to him. So, like, uh, yeah, glad he had her. But now he's at the tournament, and it's just him and Miyagi versus, like, the three evils. Oh, oh yeah. And, and Terry Silver, who is, I guess, bankrolling the All-Valley and gives a terrific motivational speech. <laughs> Can we talk about what he's wearing? Okay. There is a beige blazer. Um, on top of that is a, I, I want to say another beige. I, I believe it's a beige down. blazer, like a white button down and a shockingly red kerchief. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's at a hacienda. It's, it's very confusing. Baffling. It's just, who is this I'm man? going to track down the costume what designer. I'm going to, I know that when costume designers, you know, when they do period pieces, they're trying to get into the head of the character, make sure the clothes reflect that. What does the kerchief say? I think it says that he's a, a raconteur. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say the red shows that his heart is on the outside. Okay. He's putting it all on the line that's for true. Crease. For Crease. Right. Crease, who's dressed in his traditional black, black gi. And exactly. Where do you think Johnny is at this moment? You think he's just like... So, yeah, Johnny's clearly not like... He's not part of Cobra Kai. Because remember, Cobra Kai has no students anymore. Right. Um, yeah... He's probably like <laughs> working construction already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you just got like God. Oh my God. It's just like oh wait wait can can we roll back once? I'm sorry for like doing this out of out of order, but I want to show like how bizarrely evil Crease uh, and Terry Silver are when when they get their asses handed to them by Miyagi in their own dojo, and Miyagi turns away to leave with Daniel, Crease and Silver. Start laughing evilly together. They're just buddies. And it, and They're it's, bonding. Wait, it's just like, wait, why are you guys laughing evilly at Miyagi? He just beat you up. And they say, whatever. We're going to own so many Cobra Kai dojos all across the valley. Nobody's going to remember your name in karate. And it's like, Miyagi doesn't have a dojo. Miyagi doesn't care. Like, he has a bonsai store. He cares about that. But, like, he doesn't care about your dojos. Like... It's weird because it's like... Maybe that's why Kreese hates him so much. It's like hard when your enemy won't even acknowledge you. And like the way... Like, yeah, the things that Kreese is like, I want to seek revenge by winning the All-Valley tournament and by like building all these Cobra Kai dojos. And it's like Miyagi doesn't care about those things. Like, What do you think Miyagi cares about? Yeah, bonsai sometimes. <laughs> Miyagi's kind of a except all this not stuff. the not the really expensive ones. No, I mean the arc of this movie should have been Miyagi learning to care about something because he doesn't care about any of that stuff. He learns how to feel. Yeah, that that would have probably been good. I mean, he kind of feels something for Daniel at the end of the day. He's like, I don't want you to get killed, but like, you know, in Cobra Kai the series, it's like uh, Daniel Larusso, the grown up, like. Um, cares very deeply about, like, the, he's scared of the idea of Cobra Kai becoming a prominent in the Valley again. Like, it's this dojo war that he engages in during the series is, like, it's, it means a lot to him. Whereas, like, Miyagi, it means nothing to Miyagi. Miyagi doesn't care. So it's, like, the idea that, that Kreese and Silver would evilly laugh about this, it's, like, no wonder you couldn't seek revenge Maybe this it's guy. just, I think that, you know, Kreese, whatever, but Terry Silver hasn't had a vacation for a decade or more. He's been hard at work making calls. So you feel like he's just having fun? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's fair. Whatever. Win some, you lose some. He's obviously having the time of his life at this tournament because I'm going to tell you the, the things he shouts from the sidelines. Let's talk about Mike Barnes. Yes. This is Mike Barnes' time to shine. Mike Barnes, eye of the tiger, man. Shark eyes. 
he's like he knows exactly what he has to do. So he has to. Yeah, it's not just that he has to make win. him suffer. Yeah, it's that he has to like make him suffer as long as possible, kick him in the groin illegally, and yep. you know face contact. Lots of good stuff. All of the classic Terry Silver lessons. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, all of this may- makes it seem like he should have been disqualified, but okay, somehow in the rules. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because you know uh, I guess Daniel unnecessarily has been taking a beating for a couple weeks now, and. It, is probably not feeling too great. So he goes down, painful to watch. Like, I see Mike Barnes, he doesn't even need to do all this, but it's... Yeah, all of this is, like, way overkill. That should, that's, like, the theme of this movie. And Miyagi's watching stoically, and at some point he finally tells... This is the thing, he's so light on the karate lessons in this movie. He goes, your best karate is still inside you. No, it isn't. It never was! Your best karate is behind over, you. Dude. It was oh that cream kick. There was nothing else after yeah. that. Um, so what do you think about the final move when <laughs> he does his kata, uh, the kata that like Miyagi taught him that they did on the beach together and stuff like that. Um, he does his kata and like Mike Barnes looks so baffled. Like he's never seen such a thing before. And that it's is like... the truest moment um, is when somebody realizes just how much Daniel sucks at karate <laughs> and inexplicably still wins. Just, what? Yeah. There just needs to be like a gallery of photos of that photo. I mean... It's amazing because, like, he does this kata. It's like, I guess it's kind of cool, and I understand what they're getting at, that, like, Michael Parnes knows all this, like, stuff about punching people in the groin, but he doesn't know, like, the true art of karate. But, I mean, one, one like, shouldn't he? Like, he still knows karate. I know, if they wanted to actually do, uh, oh, God, I would love to see this, but, uh, like, a Mike... resuscitated, like, the story from Terry Silver's point of view or Mike Barnes' point of view, where, you know, Mike Barnes, 20 years later or whatever, he's like, He's not good. Everyone can see he's not good. How is he winning? Yeah. And then he goes to Miyagi and he's like, I I would like to learn your karate. And then Miyagi's like, you know what? Daniel's kind of a dick. In this version, Miyagi's still alive. Um, <laughs> Ghost Miyagi, anyway. <laughs> this ran away from me. Ghost Miyagi's just handing out lessons. And just Mike Barnes and like... Yeah, but I'm saying that he like throws over Daniel for Mike Barnes as a student. Well, yeah, Mike Barnes has discipline. Yes, he um, does. He definitely does. And you know what? Like, I also, I don't buy that Mike Barnes, like, he's not a UFC fighter, man. He probably knows what a kata looks like, for God's sake. <laughs> he's reacting like he just started breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's so taken aback by this, and Daniel's doing his kata without any shame, and then he, he like, sort of uses it to just flip Mike over by his wrist and wins the fight. And I'm like, wait, doesn't... Are, are you sure he can win the fight with just getting, like, one point like that? Like, doesn't he have to... These are all Valley rules, guys. It makes no sense. None of it makes no, any it's, sense. No, it's almost like Daniel wrote the rules of this tournament. <laughs> yeah, because it's like... He's thrilled. I mean, remember when he was like, guess guess what? Who revised the rules of the all Valley? Like, he knows that he can't win without... It makes... Yeah, it is... It's so baffling, and... You know, it's a fine move, I suppose, but it makes no sense. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Maybe that's what I mean about this movie. It's a fine movie, but it makes no sense. The thing I like is the final shot of the movie is of him and Miyagi hugging, and I definitely felt touched. Yeah. Because it's like, they didn't, it made sense as like a final shot for right, this kind of Right, because that's, this is what caps off the trilogy. It's always been about their relationship, and it's nice, they hug, and like, I think in the first movie, like, he says, we did it, Mr. Miyagi. Like, here he's just, like, happy. It's not about a trophy. Yeah, and they don't even cut away, really, to Crease or 
or Terry Silver, yeah, or even Mike Barnes. Right. Like, they're just besides the point. And I think that's kind of pure. Yeah. And this movie is ultimately about their relationship. And weirdly, compared to the first two movies where I was just like, man, Daniel's like a stage five clinger, dude. Miyagi, watch out. <laughs> There's this, some mutuality. Right. And then, Well, in this movie, I was just thinking, like, Daniel's such a good fake son. Yes. Miyagi's kind of a shitty fake dad. Yeah. But, oh, well. Miyagi is kind of an emotionally distant dad. Right. Um, and, like, Daniel's, like, constantly, like, let me, like, sell out my college education to get you a bonsai shop and risk my own life to, like, save your bonsai shop. And <laughs> meanwhile, Miyagi's like, God, I had to spend, spend some money building my ex-girlfriend a house. God. The worst women, am I right? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, global wrap-up on this this movie. There's just a lot to take in. I mean, because it's the capstone of a journey that you started. It really is. It's the OG Karate Kid films. Um, it will never be like this again. We, I mean, sure, Ralph Macchio uh, seems to age and de-age. <laughs> Gain 20 pounds, lose 20 pounds. It, it's a real journey. And a lot happens there. And, you know, I was thinking while watching it, like, the movie would probably have worked better if, like, you didn't know from the get-go that Terry Silver had this weird evil plan. Like, if it was actually a surprise to you that this new dojo sensei in, uh, in Daniel's life was, like, working against him. But then you wouldn't have gotten all those scenes of Terry Silver yeah, drinking I, champagne I wonder if you had just edited out the, the hot tub scene and just that entire scene of him in the mansion. And maybe it shows Kreese taking a call. But then, you know, your first introduction to Terry Silver is when he, like, walks in and, and introduces himself to Miyagi and stuff. That right. would have been... That would have been logical. It's strange that they were like, nope, we are going to start with this over-the-top, toxic-waste billionaire uh, talking about how he's going to, like, cause a teenage boy nothing but pain and then laughing evilly. It's... <laughs> but then again, there that's are so what I many like about scenes of him just in the shadows, cackling. Yes. And I love it. That is classic vacation yeah, you know what? It's like weird because the thing that the thing that like undermines all common sense in this movie is the thing that makes it fabulously entertaining. I know, like there could be an entire series like the vacation movies where it's just like Crease and Silver on the road. Right. Just getting into shenanigans. Yeah. Oh my god. Other spin off potential right there. Whether they're opening a dojo or ruining a teenage boy's life. I mean, who knows what's up? It's like, but seriously, like, how petty can you get? Their next plot should be, like, breaking up a Mean Girls click or something. They're, they're or it changes you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, our, our ongoing debate about whether Kreese served in any war. We now, we have two photos of him pictured in military fatigues. So, um, and, and at least one person to kind of... What, uh, if bear they, witness. what if neither of them served in a war and they're both just delusional? Yeah, what us? if Terry Silver is a trust fund kid? Um, but, I mean, and who just invested in, like, really pricey karate lessons, and that's why he's so right? good. And then they, like, posed for a bunch of faux military photos? Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I want to, I copied this bit about the critical reception, because, as you know, Karate Kid 2 uh, got inexplicably positive reviews. It did? Yes, so read this. Um, the film maintains, this movie, Karate Kid 3, maintains an approval rating of 16% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. The film's consensus reads, Inspiration is in short supply in this third Karate Kid film, which recycles the basic narrative from its predecessors, but adds scenery-chewing performances and a surprising amount of violence. You know Ebert wrote that shit. I told you, right? My theory, Ebert hates violence. He loves sex. 
It did significantly less business than the first two films, grossing $39 million at the box office, dismissed by critics, including Roger Ebert, who praised the first two films. Yeah, see, we, Roger Ebert doesn't have a problem with, like, good old-fashioned karate. He had a problem with, uh, well, this movie, apparently. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it is, it, it's not exactly a surprising narrative. Although, I will say that it's just, like, it's actually more batshit than that summary is giving it credit for. I admired how batshit it was and how it kind of violates a lot of the rules of storytelling. But you know what? Okay. In 2015, the director himself called the film, quote, a poor imitation of the first one in a horrible movie. Wow. Ralph Macchio was also disappointed with the film, saying that he felt Daniel's character did not apply what he learned in the first two films enough. What? Fucking drum technique? You know, I will say the final shot, what's disappointing is at least the first movie had that iconic crane kick. This movie, it's like, I... To I'm trying extent, to remember what I, that What did was. he do? What The fight is actually went? pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's um, just not... Yeah, it's not entertaining. Part compelling. threes earned something of a cult following among fans of the film, mainly for the villains. Yep. Um, <laughs> it is regarded as a decent conclusion wow. to the original Gene, trilogy. Gene Siskel also did not recommend the movie, though he recommended the performance of Thomas Ian Griffith. Which he thought was nearly enough to save it. Oh, That's Terry. Siskel. Admit <sighs> it. What do you think of Terry Silver? Globally. Okay. Let it out. He is the most nonsensical character I have seen committed to film in a very <laughs> long time. But it's fun to watch. I, I feel like that's muted. Um, Alright, tell the audience what you think of Terry Silver. I think my heart soared tonight. I remembered. You know, you watch it on cable and it's it's there in the back of your mind. But when you see the full 180 minutes, I, I didn't even see that discotheque scene. Cable cut it out. So I didn't see him. You had new silver in your life. I had new silver. Um, so guys, I highly recommend this movie. And if you were to rate it on a karate scale. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, that's right. Okay, I'm going to give it five out of five. Um, <clears throat> Terry Silver's D's. <laughs> Three D's. Five D's. Five, five D's. D's. I'm giving it a three out of five because, uh, again, like the weird... It, it's tough for me because the, the crazy, over-the-top bonkersness is like both its, its blessing and its curse. She's surprised by her loss. It's true. Oh my god. I am giving it three sacred, perfect, natural bonsai. Ooh, wild bonsai. Yeah, planted in a cauldron of, of death for no particular reason. Very good. Yeah. And did you feel like you learned anything about Crease from this movie that you didn't have from the no. others? Nothing. Nothing. He just kind of a... He's got nice friends. Rich friends. He's got a rich friend. And you, all you really need is one rich friend. That's true. Who's willing to go like ride or die for you and that's terry silver that's terry silver i'm glad i want you know i hope we could be friends like that sure what what? sure i mean okay you have to pick one friend do you want danielson who rappelled down a dangerous gorge to rip a pricey bonsai out that you planted several years ago and then replant it later whatever gives up your college fund to support you in your time of grief, stalks you, defends you to everyone and everyone, uh, has no social life besides you, 
So you know he's got the time to commit to you. Sure. Or Crease, who maybe he's not that great of a friend. <laughs> he's a bit of... He seems to be taking everything. Yeah, Terry but Silver is like a fucking amazing friend. Versus Terry Silver. Yeah. Who, I mean, in his brief... He, he gets on one call, you know, you lose your job. Next thing you know, you're on a, a flight to Tahiti. And he's the one who's orchestrating this elaborate revenge plot, sinking his money and How time. much money do you think was invested in this revenge plot? Okay, we're talking two weeks of labor. Starting a chain of dojos. Right, he, he bought out a bunch of dojos. Mm-hmm. So, gosh. I don't know. Way, way too much. I'm going to say this is a million dollar plot right here. Multi. Right. Do you think Mike... Okay. So what happened to Mike, Mike Barnes? Obviously, did not get his share of the 50% He ended up dojo. with nothing. Wait. No, wait. Why wouldn't he? Oh, right. He has, he has to, to win. win. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like... Uh, Sucks to Terry be Terry Silver is the kind of person that he's like, you're not going to make it out of this alive. Yeah. Mike Barnes probably failed probably killed. Yeah. Although, like... Maybe an Ecuador. Again, why didn't he just have Daniel killed? Like, it's not that hard. They're so um, close to the edge on that one, though. Right? You know that they want to. But, you know, something stops them from what should just But be. then who would fight in the next All-Valley tournament? I mean, again, like, this revenge plot, like, is so needlessly complicated. It's just like, okay, you want to make Miyagi sad? Just have Daniel killed. Like, it's just hire a hitman. It would be a lot cheaper. I'm sorry. You went through dark places, and we were wrapping up. <laughs> um... <sighs> I don't know what to say now. I think um, there's only one thing that we can say, Nina. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.